Hi, Castellan. This is Joshua. I've been listening to your podcast for a while now, and I have a question, and I'm hoping that you can answer this one for me. Um, the Bible says, um, if you commit one sin, you commit them all. And it also mentions sins of abomination. Is there a way that you could tell me the difference between uh, sin and the sin of abomination? Hi, friends, and welcome back to the Not Your Parents Religion podcast. I am your host, Pastor Robert Young, where we provide biblical answers to today's modern questions and those tough questions that everybody has. And today we're being joined again by a very special co-host, my wife, Jill. Hi, everyone. Now, today, um, as you heard in the preview, we have a question from Joshua. Joshua wants to know, what is the sin of abomination? And if... Uh, any sins are greater than the other. Now, before we jump into um, into this, I, I think we need to define what exactly is an abomination. It sounds like something very ominous. So I came after reading examples of abomination from the Bible, from the New uh, Old Testament. I come up with my own definition that I think is more modernized. So I define abomination as that thing or act combined with the rebellious attitude against God that is so offensive to God that it demands punishment. Now, throughout the podcast today, I'll probably be redefining that definition of abomination. Um, So I guess what I'm saying is the act of sinning is bad. The act of sinning and leading a lifestyle of rebellion against God and that attitude that comes with it is the thing. From the examples, the many examples that we've seen in the Bible, that... And there are quite a few. Quite a few. And before we end the podcast, Jill is going to read off some of those um, examples of abomination. And, you know, as is our... Our, our theme here is to ask you to go to do an assignment and go into your Bible and find those scriptures and read them for yourself. Ask God to give you um, an understanding of what those those scripture mean, because the, the Bible plainly says that the scriptures are divinely given and they have to be divinely interpreted. Uh, the natural man just cannot understand what the spiritual meaning of, of the scriptures. For example, um, in our society, it says if somebody smack you, smacks you in the face, then, you know, retaliate uh, or defend yourself. The scripture says if someone smacks you on the cheek, then turn to him the other cheek. Now, there's a whole spiritual ramification of why you should do that. But the natural man, the natural eye can't understand or comprehend some of the biblical ramifications of what God is saying. Now, so again, uh, Jill, jump in at any any time now. Um, the abomination is a rebellious lifestyle attitude that is so grievous to God that it demands immediate or judgment of some sort. 
So let's give you an example <clears throat> of an abomination. I won't go to the story, but I'm sure many of you have heard the story of David and Bathsheba, yes? Yes, absolutely. Now, you know the story. David was um, did not go to war because, you know, the country was at war at that time. They were always at war with somebody. He did not go to war, but he stayed home, which was not his custom at all. And that's a whole nother episode where we talk about being out of place, out of the will of God and the things that can happen and are more likely to happen when you are not following God's every step. So David didn't can go... We, can we just stop for a moment and say that David committed many abominations? Yes, we can. And we're going <laughs> to get to that. But also David, uh, as the Bible says, David was a man after God's own heart. And he committed a lot of... Um, well, well only because he was repentant. Well, see, you're jumping ahead now. I we, we, know, we gotta, I we got to set the but... foundation first. got to set the foundation. So the foundation is, I'm going to tell them about uh, what this grievous sin that David committed. Um, I like how you did the <laughs> grievous. Grievous. <laughs> and I don't mean to make light of the scriptures. I just, like we said in the trailer, that we like to deliver... Uh, the answers to these questions in a lighthearted manner, because one of the things that we hope to accomplish with this podcast is to let you know that Christianity and, and living for God is not drudgery. In fact, if we're living for God and following the examples of Jesus Christ and we're filled with the Holy Spirit that God gives to anyone that repents, he gives it to them freely, then the Christian life should be filled with joy, unspeakable joy and happiness. And again, that's another podcast. So we're going to get right into what David had done. David did not go to war. He stayed home for some reason. And one, and I'm a paraphrase and I'm just kind of summarizing the whole story. Uh, he went up on his rooftop to chill out, I suppose. And he looked over into the distance and saw a woman, um, Bathsheba, bathing. And he immediately, you know, he's... He, lusted for this woman. Peeping time. So he, um, now why she was up on the rooftop bathing, I don't know. But anyway, that's another story. Hey, it was a different day and age. <laughs> and we are not blaming the victim here. <clears throat> so David sent one of his servants to inquire about who this woman was. So when the servant came back and said, listen, that's uh, the wife of one of your, one of your soldiers that's in, in your war that, that are fighting for, um, for Israel. So David, you know, sent for her to come over and uh, have dinner with him. And so she did. And, you know, one thing led to another and he ended up, um, you know, having relations, sleeping, having sex with this woman. And she got pregnant. You know, those things are bound to happen if you have unprotected sex. So she got pregnant. Now, David, knowing that, oh, my goodness, this is terrible. I, you know, this is a scandal. We can't have this. So he um, sent for uh, uh, one of his generals to come back and say, hey, listen, um, they found out the, you know, Bathsheba's husband's name and had him come home and come to the king's, king's place. And he came and he had dinner with, with the king and the, and the king said, listen, uh, David, why don't you, um, you know, go spend some time with your wife before you go back off to, to war with the hope of you know, him spending a night with his wife and and him thinking that his wife was pregnant because he had come home and spent time with her. But this man was so honorable that he said within himself, 
I, I don't want to disobey the king, but I cannot uh, um, enjoy this knowing that my brothers in arms are back out in the field or back at the ward dying. So I'm just going to sleep on the front porch. So and Can I say yeah. that we've heard many of our returning soldiers, <clears throat> uh, they just come back and they feel like they've left their brothers in arms back at war. And they do. We've heard this story before. So that is not unheard of. Right. 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 So um, he was truly an honorable man. and truly. And he, he was... Sleeping on the front step instead <laughs> of sleeping in his own bed because he was, you know, was just being, man. he was respecting his fellow soldier. In fact, in this particular instance, he was definitely more honorable than, than David and probably Bathsheba too. We don't know this. I'm just assuming that she knew what the plan was. Your husband to come home and you spend a night with him. So when you announce to him that you're pregnant, he won't think anything weird. Okay, but I and and I'm naive to this. I have to admit, I I don't know the story as well as I should. Um, it I it was my understanding that she was not a willing participant in this. Am I wrong in that? Uh, we we really don't have any, from what I'm understanding, any indication that she was not willing or, no, we don't have that that background information. We can assume, but um, the bigger issue here or the bigger point that I'm trying to bring out is that David was definitely unhonorable in doing this. So, um, this guy goes back to to the fight and... David, having not slept with his wife. Having not, you know, spent the night with his wife. And, of course, the woman got pregnant or was pregnant. And they, you know, going on. So David realizing that, okay, um, this guy did not sleep with his wife. So he calls the general again and said, listen, take this or take this note to the front line, basically. And he goes... The, oh, the, um, I'm sorry, I'm getting a story mixed up here. The guy comes in and he gets a note from David and goes back to the to where the fighting is, not reading the note, hands the note to the general. And the note says, "Who the carrier of this note, put him on the front line, basically guaranteeing that he was going to be killed. And bada bing, bada boom, the guy was killed. Um, now, a little later on in the story, David... I guess thinking that he's he's fine, you know, because the guy's dead. You know, it, it doesn't look strange now. Uh, but one day, Nathan the prophet comes in and tells tells David this grand story of a man who was dishonorable, and he tells him the story. And David gets upset and was like, "Okay, who is this person? What? Oh, we're gonna oh we're gonna take care of him. Oh, we're gonna punish him. Oh my goodness!" And then Nathan says, "David, you are that man." Now. Now, David immediately realizes, he comes to his senses, he realizes what has happened, that he's done a terrible, terrible, terrible thing. I mean, he's committed like four or five different felonies here. (laughs) So he quickly repents and asks God to forgive him and, and goes on. But before we go any further, let's find that scripture, since we're talking about abominations, okay? Uh, The scriptures is is in um, Proverbs chapter 6. Verse number 16. And if you hear pages turning, that's our Bible, because I'm actually reading this from the Bible. And it says, These sixteen doeth the Lord hate, yes, or yea, seven, 
are an abomination unto God, unto him, which is God. So these things that I'm about to read off are actual abominations. A proud look, a lying tongue, and hands that shed innocent blood. Verse 18, and heart that deviseth wicked imaginations, feet that be swift in running to mischief, a false witness that speaketh lies, and he that soweth discord among brethren. But let's go back up to the one that we're concentrating on. Hands that shed innocent blood. Now, although David didn't actually pull the trigger or throw the spear or whatever it was that killed Bathsheba's husband, he still counted as guilty. He shed literally innocent blood. This man was innocent. This man was honorable. So David committed what would be considered by the Bible an abomination. Yes? Yes, absolutely. One of many. One of many. Um, so why is it that David was not immediately uh, labeled as someone who commits abomination? Why was he in other parts of the scripture? The Bible says that God, uh, David was a man after God's own heart. Own heart. Why was it? Well, going back to our original definition, um, attitude. And I always talk about this. Attitude is is a big part of what God is looking at. David actually, he did wrong. He did sin. That's not taking anything away from what he, what he did. But the attitude that he had, it was not one of a lifestyle of rebellious acts. It was an attitude of, oh my goodness, I've messed up. I've done wrong. I, 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 I Lord, forgive me. We notice in other scriptures uh, that talks about abomination is usually the theme that seems to be running through a lot of these scriptures is that person committing an act with an attitude of, I'm going to do whatever I want and there's nothing you can do about it. So what? That rebellious spirit, that prideful spirit. In fact, Jill, isn't um, a proud look the very first thing that, yeah, in verse 17, it says the things that God considers as an abomination, the very first one is a pride. proud look, with, yes, right, it's pride. pride. A proud, yeah. proud look. God seems, in matter of fact, he says he's hate pride. Yeah. So yeah. that person that has gotten, allowed the enemy or their own flesh to get them to a place of pride where they think that what God says doesn't matter or, and they're going to do whatever they want to do, regardless of what the sin is. In fact, it, Here's a crazy, crazy, crazy example, okay? Mm -hmm. Potato chips. Potato chips? Potato chips. Let's say that potato chips are ruining my health. Okay. My, let's say that my doctor has said, Robert, uh, potato chips are ruining your health. They're simple carbs. You got to stay away from them. They're ruining your health. Stay away from them. And then on my way home, God speaks to my spirit and says, Robert, no more potato chips for you. I got double confirmation now. I've heard from God. I've heard from my doctors. <laughs> and you think, well, what about Doritos? <laughs> and then I, and I, no, and I say to myself, you know, I hear what y'all saying, but the doctor and God, but I don't think it's so bad. And I love potato chips. I don't want to give it up. So the heck with you, doctor. And so-and-so and God. And God, I'm going to do what I want to do. I know how to mitigate this thing. So I'm just going to do it. 
that, I'm sorry, but that is an abomination. Why? Because because you know that God has spoken to you and told you not to do this very thing. And? And you do it anyways. And with that attitude of, I'm going to do whatever I want, regardless of what you say, God. No matter what the sin is, when you develop or when you have fallen deeper and deeper into that sin and you've allowed your heart to get to a point of rebellion and pride against God, it don't even really matter anymore what the sin is. Well, let me rephrase. It does matter. But the sin is secondary. The attitude of I'm going to do whatever it is that I want. That, I think, constitutes the definition of abomination. Because, I mean, look, David, he was punished later on, but he was never labeled as, um, is this a word, an abominator? <laughs> I don't know if that's a word or not. I well, think that, too, that we as grown people, as adults, can look back on our own lives and say that there maybe at times we were rebellious children. Children, right? Certainly during our teenage years, thought we we knew better than our parents knew. And so when we know the right thing to do, God has already told us this is the wrong thing to do. You need to do this. And we go ahead and do it anyways. And combine, again, and combine it with that attitude of, I know it's wrong, but I'm going to do it anyway, because I don't care what you say, God, I'm going to do it anyway. And unfortunately, a lot of us can agree that we've had children or we ourselves had developed that kind of rebellious spirit about us, uh, some to the point where our parents had to actually take out what they used to call, I don't know if it's still so, uh, pins person in need of supervision because they just will not do the right thing and they got a bad attitude with it. And I got to be honest with you, when you see that in a child, something raises up in you that you don't want to harm your child, obviously, but it does not feel good to you. So can we wrap this up by saying, and oh, before we wrap it up, Jill has some scriptures that she want that as an assignment, we always give you an assignment. I don't know if we should call it an assignment. Well, what should we call it? We should say uh, we would encourage you to take the opportunity to do your own research. Wow, that was so nicely put. (laughs) (laughs) You got an assignment, and here it is. What are some of the scriptures that we would like our our Uh, listeners to? We have Psalms chapter 10. Psalms chapter 10. Okay. uh, Verse 2. Okay. Psalms 73. Verse 6, Proverbs 11, verse 2, uh, Proverbs 6, verse 16, Proverbs 21, verse 4, um, and 1 John chapter 6, uh, verse 16. Chapter 2. I'm sorry. This is dyslexia kicking in. John's, 1 John. Chapter 2, verse 16. Can we, can we read that? Yeah, one? it says, For all that is in the world, 
the lust of the flesh and the lust of the eyes and the pride of life is not of the Father, but it is of this world. Mm. The pride of life, those things that we see and want, even though God has told us or we know that is not good for us in the long run, even though it may feel good to our to our flesh. You know that old saying that says, well, listen, I, we're both consenting adults. We're both consenting adults, so we're going to do it anyway. I know that it's wrong and the Bible says it's wrong, but we're going to do it anyway. That, my friend, without a repentant heart, you're bordering on what's considered an abomination. But whether it's called an abomination or not, God does not like sin and we... We need to pray. God help me to never to get to that point where I have a rebellious mind or rebellious spirit. But a humble heart. A humble heart. And that's the thing that made the difference in in David's life. He had a repentant heart. And he committed several sins. There's other examples of him uh, doing things that was wrong. But he did have a a heart that said, oh, my goodness, I'm sorry. I've come to my senses now. I'm sorry. No different than um, what we see today. The person that stands before the judge and is remorseful for the crime that they've committed typically can get more leniency than the person that said, yeah, I did it. So what? Yeah. They usually they usually throw the book at that guy. (laughs) But the guy that comes in and said, yes, I did wrong. And I see now that it was wrong and I'm sorry for it. I apologize to the family, whatever. Uh, he has what we call remorse. He you know, usually gets a, well, he usually get a little bit more mercy from the court system than that guy that says, screw y'all, I'm going to do whatever I want and I ain't sorry. So what? You know, I'm just going to put this out there. I don't know how you feel about it, Robert, but I think our podcast next week should be the importance of being humble. The importance of being humble. Hmm, that sounds like a great podcast. Well, anyway, let's wrap this up now, and uh, maybe we'll talk about that next on our next podcast. But before we go, we want to give you some um, some contact information. If you have a question that you need answered that's been stirring in your mind for a while, give us a call at area code 585-331-3424. Check us out on our website at www.robertyoungwellness.com. All of this is in the description box on Spotify and all the other um, podcast directories that we're listed on. And check us out. And we will see you next time on This Is Not Your Parents' Religion Podcast. Have a great week, everyone. Stay safe. And God bless. And God bless. And I am your host, Pastor Robert Young, and our co-host today, Again, is the beautiful, vivacious <laughs> Jill, and we will see you next time on Not Your Parents' Religion Podcast. One quick note before we go. Friends, if you have been enjoying the podcast today and you realize that you are that person that we're talking about, or you meet that qualification of being rebellious against God, that you've committing some sin. We don't even need to know what the sin is. That's between you and God. But you found yourself at the point where you are saying, maybe not even out loud, but you're just saying, I'm going to do whatever I want to do. I don't care what God thinks or my parents or or whoever it may be. And my friend, today is your chance to come to your senses and realize that God loved you so much that he died or 
he sent his son to die so that you could be forgiven of your sins, that your heart could be changed. And if you've been feeling like you want to change, but just don't know how and just don't have the strength to do it, then today I want you to repeat what we call the sinner's prayer. And it's simply acknowledging the fact that you've done wrong, that you've allowed your heart to sink to a place of rebellion and even abomination against God and his will for your life. But you can come back today. You can ask God to forgive you of your sins. In fact, say this simple prayer with me from the bottom of your heart. You don't have to have the strength to do these things on your own. That's what God is for. He's going to give you the strength. He just wants you to have the right attitude, the right heart to want to do it, even if you can't do it yourself. So say this simple prayer with me. Father, I realize that I've sinned, that I've turned my back on you, and I've allowed my flesh and other things to develop a rebellious spirit against you in my heart. But now I repent of those things. And I pray that you would forgive me. And not only that, but to fill me with the gift of the Holy Ghost. I believe that Jesus died on the cross for me so that I could be forgiven. And I receive him now as my Savior. Wash me, purify my heart and my motives. And thank you for letting me be a part of your kingdom and help me to walk in your ways and do the things that are pleasing to you. In Jesus' name, I pray and thank you. Amen. Now, friends, if you've said that with a sincere heart, the Bible lets us know that you have entered into the kingdom of God and that your name is being written on the Lamb's Book of Life. And when you leave this plane of existence, you will one day see the Lord Jesus himself. But until that time, you can still lead, live a life of happiness and joy unspeakable that we spoke of earlier in the podcast. Regardless of what's going on in the world or in your life, he can still and will still give you peace. God bless you, my friends. Get in contact with us. That number again is 585-331-3424. And may God bless you.